This episode of Got Faded Japan is brought to you by Bimio Condoms. Bimio Condoms. If the condom breaks, well, you're screwed. Okay, one thing is, I can see a problem happening right now. I think we're going to talk on top of each other. Now, the thing is, when we're talking to each other like that, it's great. But for people listening, it's hell. <laughs> because it's just like if two people are talking at the same time. Mm. So if one person's talking, try to let them finish before you cut in and stuff. Just as, you know, one thing. Because I uh, did this one band. I interviewed them. They're called Breaking Bot. And fucking, they were talking on top of each other left and right. It was like the best podcast ever until I did the editing. <laughs> Once I did the editing, I was like, oh, man, all that gold is just lost. So it's just one thing to say, you know, be careful for. No, you didn't. Stop lying. Oh. <laughs> it's online. You can hear it. Right, can I get, like, something to cover this just in case? Cause... Yeah. Because it's, it's not quite reaching over here. All right, that's a good point. All right. Let's move this over here like this. We just move all of these down a little bit. There we go. All right, there we go. Uh, cool? How long do we normally go? Um, Usually about an hour, hour 20 minutes. As long as it takes, really. If you got good content, you just keep going. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Fuck it, let's just do the first three stories and make it easy. Wait, wait. What are the titles again? Uh, newspaper delivery man after arrested ramming man with car in a park in Pachinko parking lot. Eight injured as man rams car into pedestrians in Harajuku <laughs> for execution. And man order females fe- orders female clerk to prostate herself over a misunderstanding with his change. What's the next one? 72-year-old man arrested for over murder of roommate. Okay, how about this? Instead of doing two car ones, let's skip the first one and do the second one. The second one's juicier. I'll do the first sure. one tomorrow. Oh, that, that's fine. I was, that's what I was asking about earlier. I just wanted, you know, was asking if it was, you thought it was redundant if we're only going to do three. No, no, that's a good call. All right, cool. <clears throat> All right, let's check out the video. We'll do a sound check here. We're good to go. All right, on three, one, two, three. All right. Looking good. Can you count to three? One, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah, I think that's good. There's a look on camera. Does it look like I'm fucking towering over you guys? Tom, you're a big guy. Can't be helped. Big dude. You're a big dude. All right, let's move these as close as possible to you guys like this. This right here. All right. So, John, the closer you are to the mic, the better it's going to sound. 
So we gotta lean in. Yep. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers. <laughs> A little Stonehenge of ciders. Yeah. Are we doing? Are we doing? Are we doing seven ciders? Is eight ciders? Is that happening in the next hour? Okay, you guys good? Yes, we are. Okay, so this is 434. Okay. Wait, this is episode 434? Yeah. You've done 434 episodes of this podcast. Yeah, since 2009. I'm the longest-running English-speaking comedy podcast in Asia. You've done 434 episodes of this. That's 434 weeks, plus or minus a little bit. Yeah. I'm like flabbergasted. I didn't even know podcasts were we going were the, that long. He's well, a we pioneer. Sp- yeah, He's I know. a visionary. When I started the podcast, I had to tell people what a podcast was. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you got to listen to my podcast. I just started this podcast about crime comedy in Japan. What's a podcast, man? Well, it's like, you know, the radio, but it's not on radio. It's like you got to listen to it with your computer. Dude, Why time- don't I listen to the radio? Well, because it's like uh, you can say shit and fuck and bitch and uh, recovering crime. All right, um, how do I do it again? Uh, never mind, fuck you. You, you didn't fucking tell me what it was. You just walked up to me on the street fucking one day and handed me, handed me a sticker, and I was, you're like, I was like, oh, that's cool. Are you, you're doing, like, another drum and bass event or something? He's like, no, dude, it's even better. You have to check it out. Okay, so... I'm like, what is it? Like, it's a podcast, and they just, like, took off, and I'm like, what's a podcast? I've yeah. noticed, I've, I've been in Japan now two years, right? I've noticed that people still hand shit out here. Like, oh, here, listen to my mixtape. Yeah. Someone handed me a CD. Mm-hmm. I don't have a CD player. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a CD player in years. Like, I don't know. I don't have a drive. Like, I don't have any way to play this shit. And people are like, yo, here's my mixtape. Like, what's... Why... It seems like everyone who's still analog ended up in Japan. Like, what's going on there? I don't know. I guess records are kind of popular to a, a small little niche group or whatever. For a while, I was thinking about having, like, a Guy Fitted Japan special, mm-hmm. which is pressed on, pressed on vinyl. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean... Two people would buy it. <laughs> there's so I don't know. I have this theory about Japan. It's just like they're so like certain segment of the population is so fucking resistant to change that that's just like yeah. A lot of these like technologies and like outdated stuff just kind of refuse to fucking die are still here. I I had to like look at look at like the fucking like the ward office. They still keep a lot of records on paper. It's not all digitized. You got a stamp, there's, right? Like, there's there's serious audio audio files with records. Like a lot of the fucking old school stuff. Even though they got the new newest modern stuff, you still see people reading newspapers and magazines on the on the trains as well. I had to fax a timesheet. Yeah. I faxed the timesheet. And I had to physically subtract, like, the breaks. Some dude could write that code in 15 seconds. Like, it's not... Mm. I'm always surprised that a country that everyone thinks is so advanced could be so behind in so many ways. I think... I kind of like it. Yeah. I kind of like paper. I don't don't actually fucking mind, though, because, like, I don't know. I have no desire to, like, fax stuff, but, like, it's easier than scanning. I just go to the fucking convenience store, pay the 50 yen, and just, like, fax a piece of paper over. No shit. But, like, sometimes you have to scan them because it needs signatures and shit, though. I know. It's like an extra step, you know? Mm -hmm. I know this guy probably prefers paper because you're a dude who'll just call people up. Like, we're messaging back and forth, as is the tradition, and you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to call. Dude, I communicate with somebody... For maybe like 45 minutes just to get three answers, right? right? Or I can call for two seconds, dude. Call me old school. I don't give a fuck, man. I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, can you meet tomorrow? No. All right. How about the next day? Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Should I bring beer? Sure. 
Done. Yeah, but it's 2019. That's how it's done. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, dude. As long as I can talk on my phone, I'm going to use it as a phone. <laughs> I'm bringing it back, man. I'm bringing it back. It back. It's never coming back. I read polls, man. Kids these days find it insufferable. Like, they actually get anxiety when you call them up. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. Yeah. Take his annex. Uh, no, I've read similar <laughs> stuff. You're, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, that's pretty much how it's going. Uh, it's fine. Uh, Writing messages. And, and like, it's easy. Like, with my wife, like, we understand each other when we talk, but, like, it's really difficult and laborious for her to type in English, and I'm really bad at typing, but we still just send messages because that's the tradition. You, know? you use mm. lots of emojis? No, uh, I got <laughs> Do lucky. you only use emojis? Yeah, Wait, you does your wife speak English? I got, like, I did marry a basic, uh, but, like, fortunately she doesn't use emojis that much. I feel like you got to marry a basic. Like, you got someone who's just, like, normal. Um, like, if you told, like, a, a girl from, from, from where I'm from, right, you told a Canadian of any ethnic background, uh, yeah, you're kind of basic, she would, like, stab you with her heels or just, like, smash a wine ball over your head or strangle you with her Lululemon. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Now, like I told my wife, like, I, I have this joke where I was like, oh, yeah, I married a basic. She's like, what's a basic? I'm like, I don't know. You you, you go to... <laughs> you go to you, you go to Disney. You go to Disneyland with your female friends and you both wear mini hats. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm basic. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like I want to be average, you know, normal. <laughs> All right. Let's do the show. You guys ready? Yep. Yeah, All right. We're good. Here we go. What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Guy Faded Japan. I am your host, Johnny, and today we have... Tom Tom Tokyo and our special guest... Uh, JJ. JJ Walker. JJ Walker. 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 Walker would have been much better. W-A-L-K-E-R. <laughs> like, if I ever, you know, uh, make it, become like an action movie star, which is t- totally believable at my age, mm-hmm. I would consider changing my name J-J- to something a little bit less ridiculous than Walkrat. W-A-K-R-A-T. That, that sounds like... J.J. Walker, Walker sounds kind of like an off-brand whiskey. It used, you know, it's it's now a band. Is it? Yeah. The, the, the Walkrat? No, the, the Walkrat. Walk just Walkrat is a band, and it's walk a guy... Rat. From Rage Against the Machine, and they like oh, do shit. all kinds of stunts. You, you used to Google me, and it was like one dude in Brazil. And now there's like a ton of stuff. Like walk rats just all over the internet. Oh shit! Uh, so nobody can find you now, huh? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Well, faders, as you know, got faded Japan's about two dudes booze. Japan in the news. That's right. Uh, Tom, what episode is this? Uh, three thirty-four. Three thirty-four. The numbers are correct. <laughs> and all right, John. Thank you so much for being here today. It, it's an honor to have you here. We've been trying to get you here for a long time. Cheers, come by, come by. No POW. Uh, I guess the POW is a highball, strong no, we, we zero. POW again. No, we had the green one. This is the red one. I'm still on this fucking shit because it's cheap. It's seventy again a bottle, bitches. I look. I mean, you it's can an audio podcast. What are you drinking? Piss. No. I'm so Louis Raison. We had this the last time I was on the episode on the show. Louis Raison's French cider. It's fucking it's gonna expire on the twelfth. So classy. It's, it looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm it's good. I'm on, in a bottle. I'm on the strong zeros, uh, and I'll tell you why. Because I like girl drinks. I always have. I feel like if it's fruity, uh, if it's got an umbrella, it's great. And I hate the fact that like guys are always like, yo, just give me a beer, or like, yo, just whiskey, or like something where you just crack a bottle and open it. That's like somehow manly. I want someone to do the work. Like I want someone to blend some shit. I want them to have to like shake something or cut something or slice something. I want to like work 
I want someone to work for that alcohol. I mean, if you're going to tip them, you want them to work, right? right? And I feel like... So you're into the presentation of it. No, just the presentation, yes. But, like, if it's blue and there's an umbrella, like, I'm all over it. Um, And I feel like, uh, like, in Finland, they got this long drink. You lived in Finland, right? They got this long drink. Very shortly. It's gin... And uh, tonic, it's like basically gin tonic, but they put it in a can and they and they make it like manly. It's like having a beer. And here, and here, are these the manly gin, we call, tonic. We call these squawk. Like when I was living in China, we call these things squawk pop, basically, right? Like <laughs> squawk pop, squawk pop, like something lemony and sweet and absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and the strong zeros fuck me up. I love them. Like, I can't, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna be consigned to like you know, going out for craft beer, like, like a hipster basic. Uh, eventually, but for now, as long as they're going to give me alcoholized candy, um, in Seven Elevens, I'm just fucking all over that shit. It is nine percent. That is going to fuck you up. I mean, you're going to get faded as fuck if you drink two of those. Not only that, they go down really smooth though. Yeah, they do. Oh, I didn't tell you. Like, I, they had a twelve percent or like a sangria mix. Twelve percent. Yeah, and like Jesus Christ, and that's right. I was talking reality. about that. Uh, yeah. That's but, like, here's the thing. I think they were, like, they did, like, just marketing tests because, like, I, got, I literally got off work, walked across the store, grabbed one. I was like, oh, shit, this looks interesting. Grabbed one and drank it. And, like, I, I know I didn't hallucinate it because I saw a coworker on the train platform were talking. He's like, oh, you're drinking those. <laughs> on the train well, platform. He asked me about it the next day, so I know I didn't fucking hallucinate it. But, like, they were, like, gone the next day when I went back. A, a friend of mine posted it on Facebook, and he's like, this shit's irresponsible. It's also amazing. Yeah. And uh, I said, where can you get it? He goes, anywhere. And I looked, and I wasn't able to find it. I actually ran my mouth to, like, visiting comedians. I was like, yeah, we got to get that 12% sangria. And I went to Don Quixote, and I went to, like, four or five different convenies, and I couldn't find it. Yeah, no bullshit, because, like, I swear to God, I walked in, there was taking up entire fucking rack in the convenience store. I was like, holy shit, they're pushing this stuff hard. And they're like, I've never seen it since then. It was so dangerous. So many people got fucked up and caused, like, mayhem. Him, that they had to take it off the shelves immediately. I, like, I wouldn't. I'd be like, get that shit out of our country. Send it to North Korea. I don't give a fuck. All right, John, Tom, I got a, I got a question. Why, hmm. why, uh, is it just totally fine to have alcohol everywhere inside the fair area on subways, but we can't do it in white people countries? Like, what's what's wrong with us that like we can't just well, most of sell European alcohol? Are pretty cool about it. I mean. Are they, though? They're not this cool, yeah. like, where they're, like, selling it to you inside the train you area. You can in Germany, though. Maybe. Sure. Germany's pretty sweet. But you any of the northern the countries, the Scandinavians, they got liquor commissions like they do in Canada, right? The wasps, like, the British are a little bit weird about that shit. You can't mm. sell it at all hours, right? Why? What's wrong with us that we're not allowed to get fucked up whenever we want? I don't know. Maybe they're just more tolerant. I don't, I don't fucking know, dude. But, like, I, I, I know what you're saying because, like, the last time I took an international flight and came back from visiting home, I was like, immediately the fucking first thing I did once I was through customs and everything, just fucking grabbed a beer, cracked it open, chugged it. I was like, ah, it tastes like freedom. You think it's because we're more religious? Well, I think that could be, be it. It's got to have something to oh, do with what, it. What, we had the whole, like, uh, what you call it? The, um, not the Depression, but... Uh, well, you couldn't drink in the 20s. No, the, the temperance movement. Yeah, that's right, right? Yeah. Probation, that's it. Pro- prohibition. Prohibition, that's it. We, we had that in the 20s. Maybe this is lingering, right? Where it's just like, hey, you know what? Fuck alcohol. Which wound up being really stupid because Al Capone just fucking took over everything. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah Thank I mean, you, Uncle Al. <laughs> um, yeah, but these are good, dude. It's but, Thursday, by the way, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, and it's the middle of the afternoon. These guys don't fuck around. Yeah, dude. That's like, how we roll. 
Like, fuck it, man. I mean, it's New Year's. Like, still the fucking win. Nobody's really working now, so fuck it. Oh, yeah. By the way, Happy New Year's, guys. It's 2019 now. Just punch it up. What's your New Year's resolution? Uh, To kill you. I mean, to lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like it takes a couple weeks or even a couple months to get used to the fact that, like, you're in a new year? You always write the date, like, 2008. Ah, sorry, 2019. I feel like I'm ready for 2019. I feel like it was 2019 a month ago. Like, I'm done with 2018. It was an okay year. But like you're over it. I'm I over it. I had a stellar it. year. It was great. Yeah. What? Uh, what were, were some highlights? Uh, geez, were some highlights. Well, Tom left the show. That was pretty good. It, was trauma- <laughs> it traumatized him. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was that was a low point, Tom. But um, no, I mean, just fucking everything I'm doing is just been doing great like all my artwork has been doing great the podcast has been doing fantastic thank you faders thank you very much um shit yeah everything's been good 2018 but um 2019 who knows man life's a roller coaster this could be the bad year who knows well this could be the year that the radiation actually like makes itself felt yeah actually oh really yeah fucking sick and our <laughs> hair's fucking falling oh wait, wait were I'm you here during the earthquake no oh, no i was here. in china man you i was in china? china yeah i was in china but i do know i was living on a street no joke. I was living on a street uh, in Shanghai. and um, So streets in Shanghai are massive. Like when you look at a map, you see a map and you see a street. And we don't realize that like in between this street and this street is is entire neighborhoods. There's like a gate and you go in. And, really? and, and so on my street uh, at the very end was a shop called Fukushima Noodles. And like, oh, I can tell no. you. Did they go in the dark? They did. They did brisk business one day. Uh-huh. And then a week later, they were, like, closed because <laughs> no one was going anywhere near this poor joint that just had, like, Fukushima-style food. It should have, you're right, though. You should have embraced it. They should have, like, glow-in-the-dark noodles or something. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Three-eyed just, just fish. Fucking, just roll with it, man. <laughs> Sushi with arms? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. It's uh, like a fish with a bunch Simpsons. of fucking different eyes, like, you know, the, the Bart Simpson where it's got, like, ten different eyes. I, yeah, that's right. On Facebook, though, I don't know what the, the algorithm's doing, but the algorithm's been pushing these Fukushima disaster area tours on me, like, really hard. And I don't know where they've been mining don't that information. Don't go. <laughs> don't go, man. You don't want to go. All those idiots that go there and shit, like, in five years down the line, my dick don't work. <laughs> That's what they're saying. I mean, I'm 42, so five years down the line, I'm sure my dick won't work anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Hey, don't I say that. To, I, I told the you same that before. Boat, I already went to volunteer before there, though. Huh? I, did, I went. I volunteered there twice after the disaster, though. What did you do when you really? volunteered? Uh, did you save kids and shit? No, dude. Just no, of course just not. Fucking cleaning up wreckage and debris, basically helping people move. Like, um, Tomo, clean up that shit. All right, over here's there. some. Here's the case. Digging I, holes. It was, it was, it was not, nothing terribly glorious. Just I did it. Work. Oh, mm. the, the the weird thing was though, like, the second time I went down there, the area had been flooded again, and like, how do you say? Obviously, the first tsunami had wiped out all the fucking. <laughs> dams and everything so it got flooded like I went there after it flooded but literally like you could just walk down almost any street and just fucking literally pick a beer up off the ground because they'd hit a convenience store and just washed them out like it was everywhere and if you drink that beer, you're definitely going to get cancer. Yeah, radiated. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I was, totally. I was chugging that beer <laughs> the going, The beer God is damn. warm. I was chugging <laughs> that beer going, God damn it, where are my superpowers? I tried out some new material. On I didn't know it was the anniversary of that event, oh, but I did yeah. some Fukushima-related material. Yeah. On the, that day, it was, it was actually 
and, and the whole the premise was actually real, which was that there are boars. Like I don't know, you know, there's feral boars in Japan. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I've right? heard about those. Yeah. And story about that. So you guys know all about the feral boars in Fukushima that yeah. fear no man. Yeah, they're also fucking irradiated. Yeah, it's, like, it's like some fallout. They live in they live in human houses. They fear no people. They've never seen people. They have like all the food they could ever need. They've grown to like giant sizes. Mm. And what's interesting is that like if you go back to like ancient. Not ancient, but like you go back to like Japanese movies from decades ago. It's almost like they're predicting the future. Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, but then you go to Shibuya and you see an eight-story tower records, and you're like, no, they don't predict the future. You know? <laughs> like, still, like the past is the future. The future is the past. The other fucked up thing is uh, they built specialized robots that they intended to go into the reactor and like pull out the rods so they mm. could like deal with the reaction somehow. And you know, you'd think the Japanese are really good at building robots because. Japan robots, right? Kind of robots, like what they Japan. do. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah right. It's, kind of, um, it's like eighty percent of their exports, right? And, and, and the robots, specially designed, top engineers in Japan. The robots went into the reactor and they never come out. And you're like, that's pretty fucked up. Was like Willy Wonka's factory or something? I think it's just Maybe the only it's some Skynet shit. And they gain sentience. They're like they're just plotting our demise. <laughs> We're well, like chill here, guys. Well, maybe it's the humans. It's the only place in Japan uh, where no one's trying to fuck them. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's the joke. I got it. There you go. All jokes aside, that was seriously put in one of the contracts for one of those fucking weird robots that you can't fuck the robot. You know, you know, you know those those robots hanging out in SoftBank that was actually legally in the contract. Are you serious? Some, yeah. Some, some, All some right, these, everybody, some, no some, fucking the robots. Therefore, helping the country. Some somebody said that to me when we were drinking. I was like, bullshit, and then I immediately got sent a link, and I was like, oh shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. You. Like, as a customer at SoftBank, in the contract says you can't fuck the robots, or if you work <laughs> for SoftBank, <laughs> you're not a fucking robot. Like, that's, like, that's like in, in the contract. <laughs> Devil's in the details. No, there are a bunch of robots. So- SoftBank picked them up, and I find them creepy as fuck, because okay. they just fucking stare at you, but, like... You, Wait, you, is you, it the female robots with the big old titties? No, they're, they're, they don't have fucking titties. They're, like... They're the ones that look like little the tanks. Circuit. They look kind of the fucking short circuit. Oh, Johnny Five. Johnny Five. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh-huh. I mean, now there's a robot. All right. The problem with Johnny Five. I fuck that robot. The problem with Johnny Five <laughs> is he looks a hell of a lot like those Boston Dynamic robots, <clears throat> like the robots that are like our future overlords. No, yeah. All that shit. Okay, guys. I mean, no jokes. All jokes aside. Uh, kill decision. So the when we're going to start allowing robots to just shoot us without like a human operator, all that is like really leading edge shit because robots right now can do a hell of a lot and so can weapons and so can AI and uh, pretty soon we're all fucked. So we mm-hmm. should maybe just keep drinking. But those Boston Dynamics, yes. ro- those Boston Dynamics robots are like legit. The ones that like jump. Like the big dog. You've seen what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I've seen those, yeah. Fuck, man. They scare also, the also hell out of me. Also, those fucking sniper robots where they sit there and calculate the distance and everything for snipers. They're better than actual human beings. They have a safety feature on that says a human has to pull the trigger, but Jesus, <laughs> robot fucking snipers that are better than human beings. Like, why? The robot sex thing, though, is fucked up because fucked you up. keep reading articles. Every week there's an article about a robot brothel or, like, a yeah. try it before you buy it or... And the fucked up thing is that they charge, like, human bang-out prices, mm. right? So, yeah. like, so like you people go pay 200 bucks to fuck a robot. Like, it's like, what? Why? Wait, 200 bucks? You might as well fuck a real living person. It's about the same price. 
Mm. It was even that, like, the, even, like, Akihabara. This is before robots, but it just had basically fucking dolls, and you pay, like, three, four hundred bucks a pop, and it's just, like, you could have, you know, the actual fucking real thing. Yeah, but the thing is this, though, man. Robots don't talk back, I guess. I guess. I guess. I, guess. That, that I think some people are intimidated fuck, by man. sex with real people, even even people that are paid to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. Uh have you seen Tom's ex-wife? I have not. I just met Tom a half an hour ago. <laughs> Are you divorced? No, he's just talking out his ass. <laughs> uh, but you should have been divorced. <laughs> Probably should have been. That's why I didn't get married. Uh, no, no, I know his ex-girlfriend. Uh, did you? Were you getting laid before you moved to Japan? Or of course. <laughs> hey, that's not. I'm not one of those. Oh, that's not. Come a, on. That's oh, not a bad oh, question. Oh, fucking blow. <laughs> no, okay. Okay. No. 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 All right. Well. All right. For. for all right. Faders, what we're doing right now is we actually have the uh, YouTube. We're, we're recording this for YouTube, right? So if you want to see the video, you can. But um, Tom used to look a lot different before he came to Japan. I've seen pictures. I know Tom when he first came to Japan. He was skinny. He had long hair. He had nice skin. You know, he had like gleaming, shiny, sparkly eyes and shit. And then he started drinking. And then... <laughs> what the fuck? I drank long before I came here. No, fucking age and hunting healthy habits and a lot of partying took its toll. Something happened, man. But yeah, Something now you look like fucking Fester's uncle brother. I kind of feel not, like not exactly a spring chicken. I right? feel like Asian girls though know, can can tell a loser apart though. Like they know, they know. No way, dude. They know well, who wasn't like getting laid back home too. You know, case by case, dude. Case no, by case, because I've I don't know, man. Fucking, I never had a problem when I was back home and shit. But the thing is, like, I've got friends that never, ever, ever touched the cuckoo right until they came here, and then they're touching the cuckoo like all the time. Yeah, and a lot but were they doing it like super creepy too? They have like super creepy game, and it just didn't, and it just worked anyway. No comment. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, like I, don't, I don't. I mean, I don't like. I feel like I feel like that is in a way legitimate, right? Like if mm-hmm. you if you uh, aren't getting laid, okay, mm-hmm. you can, and you're one of those assholes who sit around complaining about it. You're one of those incel shit monkeys that fucking. Yeah, st- that's that's. Guys. Go learn how to surf. All right, go to the gym, right? Or play change guitar, your, play like, guitar, or fucking move to Japan. Like that's legitimate. You should be able to change your situation in a way that gets you close to the cuckoo, right? Like I'm not hating on people who came here because they couldn't get laid back home, but what I am saying I am. is, because <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you, but a lot of those fuckheads, like they, they like I've seen guys come over that were just complete losers. I'm no, kind of an angry guy. No girl would look their fucking <laughs> way, but they come over here and they're getting laid like quite a bit, right? But and, and then all of a sudden, just fucking goes to their head. You know, they, they, they walk around like this fucking not walk, strut around like a fucking rooster in a hen house, like me and my girlfriend. No, this Tom, that's like, the next Ugh. level, though. That's I'm, I'm, okay, I'm saying, like, I don't mind that they're getting laid, but I agree with you that if they're strutting around like a rooster and they're acting like they're somehow all of a sudden some fucking Casanova, no. that's annoying, right? Yeah. Like, I don't it's hate on them shit, for changing their for changing their reality to, to so so that they can get. What'd you call it? The cocoa? The cuckoo? The cuckoo? The cuckoo. The cuckoo. The cuckoo for cocoa puffs. There you go. But all of a sudden, to think of yourself as some kind of fucking Casanova. Old school. I think they need to recognize uh, what they did and be a little bit humble about it. Mm. And also recognize that they've shifted the odds in their favor because... I mean, I've Tokyo is a phenomenally good-looking city. You know? Mm. Like, the people Mm. here put in a hell of a lot of work. It's true. That's very true. I mean, I like I've lived in other parts of Asia, and I can tell you that like ethnically, it's not like the Japanese are more beautiful than others. I really feel like in Tokyo, 
Girls are doing the work. Like they're doing the work. They're spending time in the stores. They're spending time dolling themselves up. They're, t- they're going from sixes to eights, you know, eights to nines, nines to tens, tens to twelves. Um, You've obviously never is, been in Takahatsu. Like, to be honest, though, isn't that like any major city, though? Because, you know, opportunity for good-looking people, there is. There, Yes, yes. And and cities will, some certain cities will attract uh, better-looking people at a higher rate. Like if you go to, L, have you guys been to L.A.? Yeah. Beautiful yet slightly damaged people everywhere. Everywhere, you know. Slightly. <laughs> oh my god. Have you been to Starbucks? Everybody looks gorgeous, but they're all jaded. Yeah, welcome to Starbucks. Oh wait. <laughs> Smiling. Welcome to Starbucks. <laughs> what can I get you? Yeah, those people are jaded. I'm lucky because uh-huh. I'm from Montreal and I feel like okay, so if you're really good looking from the Midwest, you might go to Miami, you might go to LA. But actually we breed them. Like where I'm from, like we like we like actually breed good looking people. Like French yeah, yeah. Canadians are uh, quite good looking and quite open. You know, see, there I was, see there you're the shallow end of the gene pool, aren't you? No, I'm. I'm I happen to be. I happen you to be from. I'm sorry, man. You walked into that. I one. happen to be from another uh, ethnic background. I consider myself lucky for having grown up there because it's a place where, like, if you got caught in the bar when you were 15 years old, the cops would just like drive you home and like ring the doorbell and be like, "We caught your kid at the bar." Because like, I mean, well, 19, you can start drinking at 19. 18, where I'm from. 18, 18? 19 in other parts of Canada. 18. Yeah, winter it's 19. Yeah, and and, and I think. In Alberta too, it's weird. So Quebec's like super liberal and progressive, and Alberta's like the Texas of Canada. Whoa. But in many ways, in many ways, we have a lot of laws that are the same about drinking and stuff because yeah. it's like it's like your opposite is kind of like in many ways you're most familiar, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I feel I feel lucky because I met <laughs> like I went to school with a lot of Americans. I love the like I love the U.S. I go there all the time, and behavior that was just restricted for us was criminalized in the U.S. Like, you could get arrested for smoking when you were a kid. Like, you could get arrested for drinking. Whereas for us, it was more like... Why? You didn't... You wouldn't... It was like, it's the person who served you alcohol would get a fine. But, like, the cops knew that that's what kids were supposed to do. Like, if they busted up a party... Uh, this 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 literally happened on our last day of high school. We graduate high school and we're 16, grade it's the 11. same as Europe. Yeah, it's, it's very close. Yeah, except... Where I'm from is also bigger than Texas, and it's like where snowmobiles. It's like if Texas was Europe, if like if that makes sense, right? Where we have yeah. like trappers and hunters and people on snowmobiles and like that outdoorsy kind of thing. Like, do you swap out the the horse for a snowmobile? It's like we have everybody still got a gun. French Austin and like French Lubbock, like that's mm-hmm. what Quebec is like, right? So uh, this happened on our last day of high school. We have national exams or provincial exams. Everyone everyone graduates on the same day. We all finish on the same day. Two chick cops Nation show up. Nationwide? Yeah, uh, well, province-wide, province-wide. Okay. So two cops show up at, at uh, my friend's house. We're having a party. And they're just like, they're, they're exasperated. They're like, ding, dong, door opens. It's two cops. They're like, guys, guys, g- get all your friends. Come over here. Come over here. Come over here. Come over here. <laughs> right? They're like, gather your friends. Gather your friends. Come, come, come. <clears throat> we have something to say. Are you guys idiots? Okay. It's 30 degrees outside. Everyone's got their windows open today. Can you be a little quieter? I get it. Y'all graduated today. Go fucking party in the basement. Don't don't yell outside. Don't make us come back here. Go drink in the basement. You graduated. We're not here to fuck you over. Just don't be stupid. Don't make us come back here. And then they left. That's and they had definitely <laughs> European South cops, dude. American cops are like, let's shoot a couple of them. Which ones are minorities? Hey, pop, pop, pop. We just, we just got a few, you know, we got some new tasers. Let's try these out. <laughs> like, no. You know how many calls they must have had that night, like for the exact same call? <laughs> hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. 
I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, i got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks, but if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. I, I, oh. All right, party follow, yes. Anyway, yeah, we're recording again. <laughs> Technical difficulties. I almost never drank before getting on stage. I got a show tonight. Uh, Taylor Williamson, uh, the finalist on America's Got Talent, happens to be in Japan to go to, like, Wrestle Kingdom. you you seen those ads everywhere? Wrestle Kingdom? Some, like, Tokyo Dome. Like, 90,000 people yeah. are going to show up to watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Is wrestling still a thing here, too? Like, no, yeah. no, wrestling's huge. I went to a one wrestling match about, like, four months ago with their other co-host, Sean. It was actually pretty amazing. I, I was never into wrestling, you know? When I was a kid, a little bit, you know? But when I came here, when you go to wrestling here... Everybody's into it. Everybody's chanting. Everybody's like so into it. It is such a thing here. Wrestling is fucking popular in Tokyo. It's fucking hardcore. I've been to a bunch of matches. You went to a death match one where like people were getting hit in the head. Several. Yeah, death matches were crazy. Okay, so I went head with cheese graters and Mm -hmm. fucking getting blood everywhere. I went to this Mm -hmm. guy's show in Shibuya. Fluorescent lights. By the way, that amp thing is pretty cool. I went to your show uh, and one of the Mm -hmm. dudes who was performing. Uh, real like uh, clan, uh, insane clown posse vibe. This dude, one white man crew. crew. Okay, yeah. All right. So I'm like, all right. I follow. I follow him. I follow him on Facebook. He's like really into wrestling and stuff like that. Uh, I had to unfollow him like just this week. Went on this Why? rant. Well, just this. Okay. So I'm a believer in karma. I'm a believer in karma. I believe yeah, like me you, too. Put, you put good vibes out into the universe, they come back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his New Year message to everyone. It was like a profanity-laced 500-word diatribe about like why uh, just like hating on trans people. What? Uh, well, I, I I don't know, man. I, lots of Fox News. Lots of Fox he's, News he's, in his he's future. Said some rather. But what I'm saying is, is like wow. I mean, I'm not like I'm not trying to judge like like whatever opinion he has. I'm just like it's more like. You can't like that's your that's what you're gonna do on January first is throw that much negativity out into the universe. You know what I mean? Point, though. God, <laughs> dude, yeah. No, when we had him on the show, he's like really positive. You know, he, he, he seemed- hit some rhymes and shit. You know, he did a little dance, whatever. He body slammed me. Yeah, but he body right. slammed. I've been body slammed a couple of times by wrestlers, man. I'll tell you one thing: being body slammed that ain't no joke, dude. I Holy feel, shit! I feel like wrestlers like are cool. Like wrestling is a is a kind of like a a very cool performance art. You know, mm. I just don't know where or why you would spend time composing like and it, and it was it was conciliatory. Like, I don't hate on anyone. I don't. But I just need you to know mm. that there's only like two genders or whatever. And you're like, that's this January 1st, man. Shouldn't you be like, shouldn't you be talking about like good things? Shouldn't you be like, uh, no, that's kind of fucked up. I haven't heard it and shit. But that's, if he's saying nah, that dude, kind of shit, that's not cool. Fucking <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
Some, sometimes they'll get on and say really positive stuff. Usually when I talk to him, they'll say really positive stuff. Other times, they like, yeah, I've seen he goes on fucking rants about shit sometimes. And some, sometimes there's fuck, no fucking reason. Uh, that's pretty funny. I mean, I, I agreed with, like, he went on a big fucking rant about Logan Paul coming over to be, Japan and being a dick bag. Like, yeah, oh, well, no, we, that was a we, good we, one, we, though. No, yeah, it was good, and I agree with him 100%. Like, the, you know, the, the, the dude was an ass and needs to have his face bashed in, basically. Yeah. Sure. I feel, though, okay, here's the thing about rants. Like, I want my rants from Bill Burr. You know? I want my rants from Doug Stanhope. I want my rants yes. from people who are good, like, who are, like, pro-ranters. Now, I want to talk to you about comedy. Lewis okay. Black or somebody. Yeah. Lewis Black is amazing oh, at rants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll sit down and take notes if he's fucking giving a rant. But, um, John, you're, you're a stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedian. And you've been doing comedy for a long time, and you started where? Uh, so, okay, so uh, I've been doing comedy about four or five years. Yeah. Um... Shanghai. So I moved out to Asia a long time ago, 2003. Mm-hmm. I moved to Shanghai 2006. And uh, comedy didn't really exist in China at all. It started a couple years ago. A couple people started doing shows. And those people were either friends of mine or friends of friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'd go to like more and more of their events. And eventually I started hopping on stage and doing open mics. And uh, a couple years ago, we started Shanghai Comedy Club. We had... Uh, an incredible room, like a purpose-built... Co- it was like the nicest comedy club probably in Asia. It looked like the belly room. And uh, we we started doing like weekly shows there. And so I got a lot of like experience that you have to fight really hard to get if you were back home. Uh, and then over time, started getting more involved in like the promoting side of it and uh, running like tours and like bringing people in. Uh, and then my wife got a job in Japan. She couldn't refuse, so I came out here. And what's really cool is that like on my first week in Tokyo, I was able to just like show up at the spot where the other comedians were. And like I was like, oh, okay, cool. Here, there's, these are my people. So for my wife, uh, who is from Taiwan, and uh, the Chinese are a little bit like, um, like, a, like a friendship is a responsibility, so you don't make friends as easily, like, mm. intentionally. <clears throat> She's like, how the hell have you, how did you get to, like, China, how did you get to, like, Tokyo and you know more people than I do instantly? And, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I was pretty lucky because I got, uh, I got to know a bunch of really cool people right away um, when I got here. And it took a little while, but now we started doing some really cool shows, um, and there's a lot of really good, just some good comics in Tokyo. Some great comics in Tokyo. They're just sort of like here, right? They married, uh, chi- they married like Japanese women or that's, this is where the career is. And, um, and so they're like making it work even though some of them could probably make a run. So I'd say there's like, there's probably about half a dozen, there's probably half a dozen, maybe eight, eight or nine people I think uh, on this island who if they were in New York, LA, Toronto, London, like, and they were committed, and they and as committed there as they are here, uh, they'd have a, a legitimate chance of being like known stand-up comedians. But they're here, and uh, that's that's it, you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I got involved. I'm not involved in comedy here, other than this podcast. But um, yeah, I first experienced comedy at Gamusa when I was working at Gamusa as a bartender. All of a sudden, some guys came in. They wanted to do comedy shows there. And um, they started doing some stand-up, and they started bringing a shit ton of people, and it was actually really amazing. So I'd be downstairs pouring drinks, and I'd be listening to the jokes upstairs. I'm like, oh, sorry, I spilled your drink. Here you go. You know, I'm 50% off. 
And, I mean, that was really cool. And then I thought it was only Gamuso until I learned that it was happening at, um, was it Heaven's Door? Good Heavens. Good Heavens. Yeah. Good Heavens. It's happening at Good Heavens. And then it's happening at bigger venues, too, when, like when bigger people are coming to Japan and shit. And it just kind of, like, snowballed. Like, all of a sudden, one day, there's comedy, and there's a lot of comedy. Mm. And what, what brought comedy to Asia? What do you Man. think? Man... Okay, so that's uh, the Japan. The funny thing about Japan, uh, which I learned, uh, another comedian, Vinay Murthy, told me this. He goes, when Japanese people go to other parts of Asia, they say they're going to Asia. So Japan is, in many ways, insulated from the rest of Asia. Like if you're in Hong Kong, so it's like the UK, kind of. Yeah, if you're in Hong Kong, you have these cheap flights to everywhere. So the, the Hong Kong-based comics, and I know quite a few, they get around quite a bit. Shanghai, we had like 30, 40, 50 people that like get up regularly. Several comedy clubs uh, bringing in people way more regularly. Japan is more expensive to put people up. Um, the flights are more expensive to get there, and it's. The way that everyone has holiday is such that, like, the people here are kind of, like, here, and they're sort of separate from the scene that's in South Asia. They're separate mm-hmm. from the scene that's in, in East Asia. They're just, like, here, right? Yeah. So the the scene that developed developed in a different way than it did um, in other parts of Asia because it wasn't as influenced by other parts of Asia. It was its own thing. And there was there's definitely personalities that really drove it forward. Uh, there's a lot of stories about what it was like back in the day and who was running what and and which groups were were going but when i got here uh it was already fairly well developed you know there was a guy um uh, bj fox who did a really good job with stand-up uh, tokyo and then obviously <clears throat> his successors as well um the venue itself good heavens they they sometimes bring in their own people sometimes stand-up tokyo does it so Seven there's actually we're actually like in many ways saturated like there's there's you think the scene here is saturated? Well, it's saturated because... Uh, okay. Tokyo is not a place where the expats are forced to do expatty things because Tokyo is a place where literally every part of it is fine and everything is accessible. Let me explain that. If you were in Malaysia, if you were in Bangkok, if you were in Shanghai, you would all be sort of geographically centered because you don't want to live out in the fucking suburbs. In Tokyo, everyone is two subway transfers in like 45 minutes from each other. People live in Kamakura. People live in Chiba. People live in... Everywhere is fine. Everywhere's got good hospitals, good food because Tokyo is like dope, right? like the best city in the world. So getting 100 people to come out for a show is difficult because those 100 people have other shit to do because they can oh, go... Tokyo to, itself is saturated. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I think yeah, the yeah, comedy yeah. scene. The comedy yeah. scene is saturated in a way because it's not, like, it's not like if we bring in a comedian who's halfway interesting, it's not like there's 10,000 expats who are going to be like, damn, I got to go to that show because they can just walk down the street to their local izakaya and have an awesome night. Yeah. Right? So That is the thing about Tokyo. It's actually <clears throat> kind of difficult for me to promote shows in Tokyo in ways that would never be as difficult in Shanghai because it's like I could go – I could spend 90 minutes going from wherever I am on the Chuo line to go see Joe DeRosa tonight – you know, or I could just go down to the local 7-Eleven, grab some fucking Strong Zero, and have, like, a sweet-ass night and make love <laughs> to, like, my Japanese girlfriend, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I found it was actually a lot easier to promote uh, when I was in Tokyo, sorry, when I was in Shanghai, than when I was in Tokyo. Which And the other weird thing is that we're in the biggest city in the world, but venues are hard to get. Mm. So, you know, like, um, whereas... In Shanghai, you'd be like, okay, I got a bar upstairs. Upstairs, we got this extra room. Why don't you turn it into a comedy club? Here, people make their money on the weekends. They're not so willing to, like, give up that space. So the actual – it's actually kind of difficult to get 
venues. It's difficult to get people out to shows. And when you go to a show and, you know, the people, the comedians that are there, you have to understand they've come from all over Tokyo. They've spent, some of them spent an hour or two or even three just getting to that show. Uh, The venue itself might not be perfect for comedy, but they've done like such an amazing job. So it's really like very, very, very impressive uh, whenever I see how much effort people put into like putting these shows together. Some There's some really good shows. There's like a monthly show at Vega, which is a bar in Ibisu, which is awesome. Uh, there's the weekly shows that Stand Up Comedy does at, uh, or Stand Up Tokyo does at uh, uh, Good Heavens, which are usually great. Yeah. And, and then they have two or three open mics. So if you <clears throat> feel like you, you want to try out some jokes, you go try out some jokes. If it works and then it keeps working and it works some more, they'll invite you onto that show. So there's actually like a, a way to progress which isn't available to you in other cities. If you were in L.A., you'd have to fight through a 1,000 people to get that spot. Dude, fuck L.A., dude. This is oversaturated. If Tokyo is saturated, L.A. is like a fucking never, another level, dude. It's another fucking game over there. You're going to be waiting in line for like fucking two days just to get an open mic. Well, the, the funny thing is um, uh, a lot of people do open mic a couple times, and they're like, I'm a comedian now. You know, and I would say that it would, it's, calling yourself a comedian is something you can do if you spend a whole bunch of time every week, you get up, you try and make people laugh, go ahead, call yourself a comedian. But I would say like until you tour a little bit and start getting paid and regularly showcase, I would be like a little bit hesitant to use that term. And I'm always very embarrassed to call myself a comedian because I have the fortune, I've been fortunate to spend a lot of time with some of the best in the business. So one of the cool things about living in Asia is that I frequently get to like book these comedians that I would pay money to go see. How hard is it to book these guys? You book some amazing comedians. Uh, well, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't book, uh, I did not book Doug Stanhope here in Tokyo. That was someone else, but that I did book him. I booked show him. show ever, Tom. You was, saw it with me. pretty dope. I was I, happy. Oh, that was so much fun. I booked him in Tokyo. So I did the Tokyo, uh, not the Tokyo, the Shanghai show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tokyo wasn't me. That was Paul. A shout out to Good Heavens. Um, Cheers. And, uh, and, and Dave Gutridge, who put him uh, in, in touch. Um, so I've, some people will come out because they just want to experience it. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tweet someone or I'll talk to someone or I'll, a friend of a friend, I'll be like, Hey, you want to come to China? We'll do like nine shows. It'll be fucked up. We won't pay you much, but it'll be an amazing experience. And some people have enough money or have enough experience where they're like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And the same thing happens in Tokyo. So you get people passing through Tokyo who are like just here and they want to come here for whatever reason. They're video game nerds. Uh, they want to try ramen. Uh, they're fans of, of some ridiculous baseball team. And they'll just come to a show for a lot less money than they would normally charge just because they want to be in Tokyo. So I've had the opportunity <laughs> of spending time with so many of my comedy heroes. Uh, and that's one thing that's really cool about being here. Yeah. The difficult thing is that it's a lot harder to access mic time. So, um, I mean, you perform. Do you, do you perform, Tom? I don't know. I don't know much about you. I don't perform. I, I performed a couple of times at Good Heavens, but like uh, due to job changes and like me having a kid next year, I kind of had to give it up. So but I, I, I was serious for like a certain point. Like, yeah, I want to make a run at this. Two weeks. <laughs> it's so <laughs> difficult. If you do most types of art forms, um, you can actually practice on your own, right? You take the yeah. discipline to it. Uh, painting, right? So you paint. You can paint on your yeah. own. You can paint in public. You can show off your art. Comedy, you need to bounce it off of people. You don't know if something's funny until you hear it and see it in the eyes of someone else. So, you know, we got guys who will travel 
an hour, two hours, three hours for five minutes of mic time so that they can check if their joke resonates with the audience that's there. And that kind of mic time is like, in, on the one hand, we get more quality time here uh, because the audience is really like forgiving. Uh, but on the other hand, you can't get up two or three times a night. So if you were in a different city, if I was in Toronto, I could get up 30 times in a week. And then I, by the end of the week, I could have a bit super polished. Here, that might take two months, three months, four months to get a bit that's polished. To put together an hour would take years versus like a year, if that makes sense. You know? It does make sense. Yeah. But, all right, you know how in New York there's so many comedy clubs where somebody can go to one club and do five minutes and then run to another club and do five minutes and do if run they're good to enough. another club. If, if they're, they're good, good enough. enough. Yeah. Is that possible in Tokyo? No. And sure. everyone knows everyone. Uh, and not just that, we will, we will, you, you will not, you will do someone the service of probably not booking the same day. Mm. So, you know, I have, like, if you have a big show coming up, uh, on a specific day, mm-hmm. other showrunners will specifically avoid that day, uh, on purpose because you're not, you're trying to not get your wires crossed. Like, um, most scenes are pretty incestuous and every comedy scene that I've seen, in Asia, whether it's like Shanghai or Hong Kong or Bangkok, at some point people get their wires crossed and they start scrapping a little bit. But the uh, and it's happened in Tokyo, but the people are actually pretty good. They're pretty good. Like the the, the they're mature enough not to take it. To yeah, the next yeah. Level. They're 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 fairly mature. Mm-hmm. I have to say that um, I take pride in being part of uh, the scene here because people will. We'll do something like they'll send you a message like, hey, just to let you know, I was thinking about doing something on that weekend. I'm not trying to fuck with your show, but like this, it just worked out that way. Like, so my, that's how small our scene is, basically. You know, that's my, cool. Like, my experience, though, because like I, I, I spent like a time with like a, some of these guys and like they've been everyone's been nothing but nice to me. It's, I've it's, performed a couple of times and I got constructive criticism. They're always trying to like help you, like how maybe if you did this, you know, and like, you know, everybody's just really super nice about everything. I'm. Nothing but awesome things to say about that, that and that's hmm. that's a ninety percent awesome and ten percent a problem because you you should get beat up a little bit right like <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna take your act to like to other cities okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's true that's true I yeah mean, you yeah. need to you need to toughen up a little bit nobody heckles here really mm-hmm. that much it's like kind of a problem so well if you, the Doug so, Stanhope. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Remember when he said, I'm not going to say any of his jokes because I think that's fucked up. You know, never say a comedian's jokes, especially on a fucking podcast where a lot of people listen to it. But in one section, and it's not saying a joke, but one section, he goes, he's, he's talking about some rape stuff and you and whatever. And he said, hey, has anybody been raped? Remember the girl right in front yeah. of us? She goes, I have, I have me. All me. four of those girls were my friends, by the way. Oh, my there God. four girls at the she front. She raised her hand because I was yeah, raped. We, I was we were literally in the second row. Three they were up I was behind them. Yeah. Okay, three of those girls had been had been uh, otherwise like attacked or molested in some ways. Oh, all okay. of them were my friends, and what was crazy is all of them thought that was a great show. Like so, like fucking, you can shit on Doug Stanhope. Like it, no, no, I'll never. No, yeah. Doug Stanhope is God. What, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is that what I'm saying is, is that to be able to like walk that line, like, and, and I remember he he went deep into it. He's like, he's like, okay, like he knew who he was dealing with in the front. Like he knew. Like, he knew ostensibly that there were people, that there were survivors that were in the front, <laughs> and he went into his material. And remember, that's the second time I had seen that show, because I had I had Tons. promoted that show yeah. in Tokyo, or in Shanghai, like, a week before. And so, like, I knew where he was going, and he's like, let me tell you what's up. And he went into it, and he went so deep, and then he came out, 
And all of them afterwards were like, that was a dope show. And I was like, I don't... Thank God they said that. Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I, was right, I was right behind them. I was like, oh, oh no, no, no. because no, we both were. We were just kind of like... We just, I looked at you and I was I, like... I know, because I, I, I remember we just kind of fucking looked at each other in that side eye. We're like... Yeah, but first of all, remember the, the okay. Those were funny women, by the way. Uh, I'm not gonna like go into names, but like I know they're every one of those women. girls. Oh, okay. They're funny women. They're comedians. They're fucking hardcore. They were awesome people. Every single one of them is the kind of person you'd love to have a dinner conversation with. Like, I would love to have a dinner conversation with anybody. But the thing is, like, yeah, I was I was a little bit like surprised when he asked that. <laughs> she was like, "Me, pick me, <laughs> pick me." It's like, no, he's not gonna it's do that to you. Not a he's, good it's idea just a question. For- it's generally not a good idea to try to single yourself out when somebody's doing stand up. That, you just made yourself a, a fucking target. So that yeah. was a that was also a fucked up show for a couple of reasons. Uh, th- the venue was terrible. The venue was terrible. So uh, and it was not uh, anyone's fault. Like um, when they when they did the show, it was really difficult to get venues in Tokyo. They needed a venue that could sit like 250, 300 people. But the bar took up one entire side, and there was columns, right? So there was low ceilings, which was good. Yeah, but. There was, like, a lot of noise being made at the bar. We, they packed the chairs in, so people were, like, stepping over each other to get in and out. And Doug was, like, conscious of this, and he was very, like, accepting of it. He's like, hey, it's a Doug Stanhope show. But normally, you would never do a show in a venue like that. Mm. Um, but, like, in Tokyo, we don't really have, like, much of a, like, much of a... Variety of like selections. Yeah. You know? No, when we did the show in Shanghai, what we did is we actually did it in a place called Cages. Cages is the greatest. Cages, Cages is the Cages. greatest sports bar. Cages. <laughs> Cages Cage is the match. is one of the greatest sports bars the world has ever seen. It's got batting cages in it. It's got. Um, uh, like you know, pool tables. The Shanghai Comedy Club, uh, recently renamed Shanghai Comedy Bunker, that was like this week, is is just in it. It's huge. It's mm-hmm. like it's the size of. I mean, it's the biggest sports bar you've ever seen in your life. It has uh, sounds noisy for a comedy show. Oh my god, it totally is. We had to like b- bring in curtains. Um, it's in a we curtains did we balance we did the show the, the in, army. We did the show in a um bubble soccer arena you know bubble soccer like where you like put those bubbles on and you like bounce into each other like so like a soccer an indoor grass soccer court inside the middle of a inside the middle of a of a sports bar you guys are on the next level man and we had to like turn it into a club so basically like we brought in carpeting we like put in like soundproofing we put in like four five hundred seats and it was like a it was like um kind of like that's what was happening that night. So it was more like going to the theater, like where everyone's like, "Hey, we're all going to the Doug Stanhope show tonight." The Tokyo show, the Tokyo <laughs> you, show you was need a monocles well, polish for that. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> the, the Tokyo show was like was like heads. Like a hundred percent of the people at that show were like either Doug Stanhope fans or yeah. friends of Doug Stanhope fans. Yeah. When we did it in Tokyo in Shanghai, it was more like. 50% were like Doug Stanhope hardcore fans and the other 50% were like well that's what's happening tonight we're going to the the thing that everyone's doing good did you do how many people got kicked out of the Doug Stanhope show in uh, Shang- <laughs> in Tokyo it was a couple it was like three or four like, <laughs> the, 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 the fucking warden is like dude like the bouncers here are fucking all trained MMA fighters don't fuck it up but the guy at the front row all the way to the left was like drinking shots and shit and all of a sudden he just like fell over forward and the bouncer ran over there and just picked him up by his fucking ankles and pulled him out of there and I was like Oh, that's no, that guy got, actually that that's, guy got that lucky was efficient. because that wasn't a bouncer. Like that's the, that was the thing is it wasn't a bouncer. It was a friend of the guy who was promoting the sh- one of the guys who was promoting the show. Uh, shout out to Good Heavens, Paul at Good Heavens. Yeah, um, shout out, dude. So he basically had uh, people there who were his friends who were expert martial artists, which is a better situation than a jaded 
bouncer who wants to fuck people up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, no, I know like, what you mean. <laughs> like, like the people who... We want to fuck with those guys. <laughs> the, ah. people, the people who were doing security of that show mm. were like gentle. Like, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They were like... They were there to and be... That's gentle. <laughs> I don't want to feel the fucking other end of that stick, dude. That was fucking some hardcore shit. But how many people got kicked out? Because I heard like a couple of people in the back got kicked out. Uh, you know, I don't know... Um, I don't know because I was really dialed into that show. Like I, I was, was too. It was so was great, so, so good, man. And we got a, uh, there's oh. a couple uh, sick shows that are coming up this year. So already on the docket this year is uh, so coming up in January is a guy called Trevor Locke who I don't know, but he's like British. Uh, there's a lot of like British shit. If you're British, you might have heard of him. But Ahmed Ahmed is coming uh, beginning of February. That's going to be sick. Um, not. Doesn't have anything to do with me, but we've got uh, uh, Jimmy Carr coming back. You're gonna see mm. that one, right? Mm. Yeah. Jimmy Carr's coming. You're gonna is see. That, uh, is that in March? Yeah, Jim Gaffigan is coming back. Uh, Jim Gaffigan did Good Heavens, by the way. Eighty person club, mm. um, and that took like two weeks to sell out. Two shows, 160 tickets for Jim Gaffigan. That's how I'm saying is Tokyo is a really difficult market. Um, and uh, Tom Green. At Good Heavens. 80, is 100 seats. 100 seats. So 80 people will sit. Probably I've 20 people will stand. Oh, um, dude, I'm not going to stand for that. Well, you get show up early. Show up early. Let's get your ass there early. So Tom Time's Green's coming. Open. Um, so those are the early. big shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ahmed Ahmed, Trevor Locke, uh, Jimmy Carr, Tom Green, though, and Jim Gaffigan. Those are the ones that are, are scheduled for the spring. Mm-hmm. And then on February 23rd, we're going to do Your Hood's a Joke. So Your Hood's a Joke. Is, do you guys know Rose Battle? Rose Battle? Yes, of course we know Rose, Rose Battle. Yeah, so Rose Battle in Tokyo is my show. I miss this motherfucker every night. Um, I, I, when I got to Tokyo, the, one of the first things I was like, hey, we got to do Rose Battle. And I noticed very quickly that a lot of the, the comedians in, in Tokyo have very strong frames. By that, I mean they're like, they know who they are. They've... Like, you're not going to hurt them. They're not, like, pussies. They're just like, this is me, this is my life. And they're very willing to just go out at each other. It's actually, like, a really good city to do roast battle in because the people here are, like, they're confident in who they are. Does that make sense? Right? Yeah. Like, they're, like, they're, they're like. Thick-skinned. Thick-skinned. Yeah, they're thick skinned. Yeah. Not, but not just thick-skinned. Their frames are strong. They're, like, I'm fucking. Like, some of these people might have been, like, average comedians, and then you fucking get them to shit on each other, and they were, like, and amazing. And snowflakes. They're, yeah, they're not snowflakes. They're, like, and um, we, we've done four or five. We had world champion Frank Castillo come out, and I worked with, uh, I, I got in touch with this format, this, this show based out of Canada called Your Hood's a Joke, which is a territorial roast battle. So what it means is like my neighborhood versus your neighborhood, my country versus your country, Canada versus the U.S., Chiba versus Saitama, like whatever, right? Yeah. And and I remember (laughs) I was in Toronto uh, for a couple business meetings and I reached out to them. I'm like, hey, your show's going on at the same time. I'm going to be there. I'll I'll go check it out. And we kind of quickly made a deal to come do the show in Tokyo. Now, they're, I mean, they're going on TV. They're now at the Comedy Store in L.A. They're at the mm-hmm. Stand um, in New York under Aaron Berg. They do Just for Laughs. And their first Asian show is going to be here on February 23rd. So we've got... What we did is we invited all of the most popular headliners that have come to Good Heavens over the last year. So people that have come and done an hour... Uh, in front of Tokyo audiences, we've invited them to come battle against, like, the Tokyo guys. Nice. And that's going on February 23rd, and we have all these crazy battles lined up. So we have 
Tokyo versus certain no, sorry, we have the UK versus Canada. So we have Canada's comedian of the year 2016, Brian Aylward, going up against who I feel is probably Tokyo's most popular comedian ever, Aziz Vora, who left. He went, he moved, but he's flying back for that show. That's headlining. We got a guy called uh, Steve Briggs, who's on uh, Funny or Die, LOL Network. Like he's a he's a touring comic, right? Mm-hmm. Every weekend he's in a different city. He's flying out from LA. He's representing Puerto Rico against Mexico. Guy, right? So the guy who's versus Mexico? Yeah, it's Puerto Rico versus because Mexico and Puerto Rican Mexicans and Puerto Ricans are always confused for one another. So if you're like Mexican, fucking Puerto Rico, you hate Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico hate Mexicans because they're like always being confused for each other. And the guy who's representing Mexico is the guy who started the Shanghai Comedy Club, like my comedy tutor, like the guy who brought me up. Oh, uh, shit, flying this is out. big yeah, news. Yeah. And then we have uh Saitama versus Shibuya. Oh, wait, wait. Does Saitama? Is that what you're saying? Does Saitama? Yes. Yes. So we have a guy who lives in Omiya who's going to be battling a guy who lives in Shibuya. And he lives in Shibuya. Yeah. Wait, did he grow up in Shibuya? Or no, no, he's American. He's from like thousands. Okay. from like no, Orange County or something. Grew up in Shibuya. No, I know people that grew up in Shibuya. No, but basically, no, basically, the format is like my neighborhood. Uh, your neighborhood sucks. My neighborhood's great. Uh, and what's good about it is that it's a little bit less personal, and it's very, like... Territorial. It's very territorial, and so we're really excited about that battle. The funny part is, is neither of those guys wanted to do it. They're like, dude, it's not, there's not that much of difference between, like, Omiya and Shibuya. And I was like, I fuck you. Fucking this differ. is the best oh, battle yes. that we have, you know? Like, we had to, like, <laughs> the showrunner in Toronto, like, the guy who, like, built this show, he was like, yo, what, what the fuck's going on with your comedians? Like, why are they complaining about this battle? Uh, it's an awesome battle. I was like, dude, Saitama, like, like, it's, it, we the had, Saitama. Put it in American terms, though, like, Saitama, that, that'd be like New Jersey versus like Manhattan or it's something. So much, yeah. Something like that. We haven't have, even talked about the Sopranos. We're talking yeah. about like New Jersey armpit kind of area. Like, we have a comedian on the show who's from Chiba, and that would have been a good battle, too, except mm. he's also from Kenya. So, Evans, uh, if you guys don't know him, he's, he's really popular in Roast Battle. He's He's been in all of our roast battles. He's done amazingly. He's representing Kenya, and he's battling Itsuki, who's representing Japan. <laughs> Kenya versus Japan. Yeah, so it's a girl. It's a girl what? who fucks black dudes uh, versus a guy who fucks Japanese girls, and <laughs> right, and they're like, and they're battling. I'm not even gonna touch <laughs> it. No, no, just just make out already. It. Not gonna touch it. So right, that's what it is. <laughs> you gotta go there to see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no comment. That one is going to be so vicious. Like, she's battled twice, and she's been... Like, the first time she battled, she battled against another Japanese girl. And I I have to say, like, both her and Kaori, who battled... uh, Rose battling is not in the Japanese DNA. It's not... cry? It's... We've had we've you had son of a bitch. We've had battlers who stab you with my chopstick in the eyeball until you're dead. We've definitely really had, bad. We've definitely had battlers who've refused to battle afterwards. Like they've they've lost and they've been like oh, they've been like physically and mentally destroyed. Yeah. But like Kaori versus Itsuki was this classic battle because you had two like pretty Japanese girls who were both comedians. And let's be I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Battling is not. Like a like, I could see them like 
like battle dancing, but like rose battling where you're like going after someone's jugular and like exposing their deepest, darkest, like insecurities oh, is God. not they're, really they're, they're too fucking polite. Here. Right. right. And so, like, I like me, me, like with my wife and I'm making fun of her and just making constant jokes. Like took her a while to a fucking adjust it. Like, no, it's not, I don't mean like anything serious. That's just teasing her. Tom, now she doesn't write back, but it took Tom, her you're a pretty while. fucking vicious, dude. If you're making fun of your <laughs> wife and shit, dude, I, I'm sure she fucking goes into her bedroom and starts burning herself with fucking candle <laughs> Fuck off. What what fuck you, Tom. Fuck you, Tom. What are you talking about? It's great. We call each other fucking fat all the time and, you know, lazy. I'm sure she loves it. You're lazy and you're fat. I'm trying to say it's like if you go online, we we, we put all our battles online. Um, Roast Battle 4, Tokyo Roast Battle 4. You got to spell it. Everybody that listens to our show is an alcoholic. Facebook, Tokyo Roast Battle. You better spell that. I'm, I'm fuck, whatever you can figure it out. <laughs> you said you said too many of the strong zero to be able to do good spelling. Yes, imagine just it just it impressed me so much. This was the first battle ever between Japanese nationals, and they were both like girls, right? Like mm. these girls, we know the girls are stronger than guys. Like we know that, right? Yeah, they give these, birth. These girls went at each other, and like they were fucking hilarious. Like so, Itsuki won that battle, and then her the very second time she battled, she headlined her show. Right, like that's how Whoa. that's how like hardcore Hard and like cutting she was. Nails, yeah. motherfucker. So she's she's battling. So like Japan's battling Kenya, which is a great battle because like obviously nothing could be more different from the Japanese reality than like an African reality, right? And so uh, I'm sure. And then fucking wasted now. Yeah, what else? Fuck, man. What else? What other battles do we have? Right, right, right. So everybody understands. You got some amazing battles. They know where to go to get to uh, tickets. They know what to do. I got some questions about comedy that I was just thinking about thirty seconds ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was fucking um, watching YouTube. You're fucking. Right, I was fucking watching porn. No, no, I was watching YouTube and uh, typing one-handed there, thinking of you. Now the thing is. Just recently, somebody secretly recorded the audio to Louis C.K.'s, like, new set. Do, are you aware of this? Yes, yes. And so this happened, I think, like, what, 13 days ago. Uh, it was, like, December 18th. Somebody went into, like, a, a comedy club in New York and recorded Louis C.K.'s new 40-minute set and recorded on his iPhone. And then he uploaded it online and shit. And I think that is, like, the most horrific and horrible thing that you could do to somebody because basically like stealing their their manlyhood you know so I have comedian friends who are unloading on Louis CK right now okay yeah because um, Louis CK did that jerk off thing I, I'm talking about like the, 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 right, 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 right. so yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm not talking about that I'm talking about like you know the stealing of comedy all right, all right okay so now, essentially I, before could, like, take Louis CK out of the equation and put comedian X and then somebody recording a full set. There's about half a dozen people in Tokyo who are uh, good hosts, right? Like yeah. if you if you go see a show hosted by BJ Fox or by Sea uh, Dog, like these these are people who will tell you at the beginning. They'll tell you the rules. They'll say, "Please no 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 video recording," right? And the yeah. reason they're doing that is that some people are working their shit out. And a lot of the times when you see like when Neil like if Neil like if all of a sudden on your Facebook it pops up that we got a surprise show with a guy like Neil Brennan or Hannibal Buress or something. Yeah. These are people who are not doing their polished material. They're going to be working shit out on stage. Yeah. And when they work their shit out on stage, they're doing it like you you're paying 20 bucks to see a guy who's worth 100 bucks to see and some of the jokes are not going to be done. And that that's because one day it'll be done and you'll see it on Netflix. Yeah. We do not let you videotape but he didn't videotape. He recorded audio. We, okay, we do not let you like record uh, shit that is in progress. 
because mm-hmm. that is an IP that is monetizable. And so mm-hmm. if like if you're at my show and I'm hosting and like I see you pull out your phone or I see you like doing audio or whatever, I will get in your face and be like, you, you are not allowed to do that right now, right? Because this is work in progress. So the thing with Louis C.K. is Louis C.K. Uh, and like some other people, there are some people who are famous for this, will take, <coughs> will take something that is difficult to talk about and they'll flip it Right. Yeah. And then they'll turn it like like all that rape shit that happened with with uh, with Doug Stanhope. Yeah. And then they'll turn it into something that is actually I can't believe you you just made that point. Like we're still in awe of that uh, weak dude shit that fucking um, Doug Stanhope did. Mm. And if you actually go on Twitter and you talk about Doug Stanhope, you actually like listen to what Doug Stanhope has to say about this Louis C.K. thing, basically his opinion mirrors my own, which is, this is IP, this is work in progress, you are not allowed to record it, right? Mm. And I also feel that stand-up comedy is something that is best consumed live. I don't watch specials. I don't watch specials unless I'm with other friends, because it's like, Jay Leno says this, you are standing outside of a club, looking in, watching people dancing. That's what it is, right? Yeah, it's like a window. So... I mean, the person who recorded that audio, I'm sure they feel great about themselves. Hey, I'm in the news, right? That's this is their moment in in time. But like, you come to any one of our shows, that is a live experience that break will, your fucking legs. That will only that is for you, and that night is for you, and nobody else gets to experience that night. Uh, it might be a shit night, it might be a good night, but like, that's your night, and then another night is someone else's night, and that's it. So, the, uh, you know, I'm not. Trying to defend uh, jacking off in front of people. I'm not trying to defend power. No, we're balances. not talking about that. Yeah, we're not talking about that. What we are talking about is the fact that like, don't fucking record someone's shit. You know, we had a we had a legend of comedy come out here, a guy called Tom Rhodes. And oh, Tom Rhodes, yeah, he's coming back soon. Yeah, I mean, we'll get him out here at some point. He is a Hanshin Tigers fan. I got a fan. It's going to be on the podcast. He's a he's a he's dope. That guy's great. Fucking yeah, Tom. And you know, best. we did this show out in the Navy base, and someone's like pulling out their phone, recording him, and like he was just like, "Why? Why are you doing this? Like, can't you just enjoy?" Can't you just enjoy what's happening right now? Yeah, you don't got to record everything. That's what your fucking brain is for. Mm. So I feel like, man, I'm faded. Fuck. Yeah, no, 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 bad. No, but like, yeah, I, I was right. like, yeah, I, I've been to some of those better. shows, and like, they, they are good hosts. They do tell you the rules. Like, there's no recording this or that. Occasionally, like, I recorded for Chris one time, and like, you know, occasionally when they what? Hit, no, I'm joking. No, because no, because he <laughs> because he because he asked me to, and it was with his phone. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, like like you say, he had some something that was ready to go and was polished. I was like, yeah, yeah. sure, okay. Yeah. But like, yeah, they are good. Okay, fair enough. Respect but other people's, you know. I, do you think it's opinion and the process of getting there? I agree, but do you think it's going to get to the point where, do you think it should be at the point where it's like, when you walk into a comedy club, you should definitely, like, check in your phone, like, you're checking no, in your phone. No, it is that at that point. There are many, is, many, many venues that do that. It wouldn't necessarily uh, Chris Rock shows, Chris Rock shows do it, um, and there are many venues that do it. They have those bags, and no. they just, they, like, they take your phone, you check your phone, and they, like, put it in, like, a locked box, and that's it. And that happens. I think that's what, that's what it should be. That happens in a lot of places. It's well, no, not necessarily a bad idea. It's, okay, it's not necessarily a bad idea, but at the same time, uh some people are so addicted to their phone that, like, taking their phone away will fuck with their head and make it impossible for them to enjoy them. Well, then they should get the fuck out of the club. Maybe. But it's not for me to decide what, how someone should, in, should, should enjoy their night. It's for me to try and make 
their night as fun yeah, as possible. Yeah, but, but it was, yeah, you guess you got a point. But you, the you, thing you, is, when you go to a comedy club, you should enjoy the comedy. Sorry to interrupt you, Tom. Yeah, yeah, sorry, 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 but, but but like you do get like instances where dickbags are sitting there fucking playing with their phone, or they're fucking in the front row answering, taking a phone call, or shit like that. It's just like it's, it's disruptive. It needs to fucking stop. Yeah, comedy I mean, clubs it's like going to the ballet. Yeah. You fucking like pay attention. Not that I go to the ballet or anything, but down, right. except those ballet bitches are fucking hot. Yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> My, Dude, most of them are fourteen years old. You got to be careful with that. Jesus Christ. So so here's the thing. I have a daughter, and uh, for some reason, all kids, all I don't know, not all, but a, a significant majority of girls want to do ballet. Like, I remember being a kid, and, like, all the girls in my class did ballet for, like, a year or two before they gave it up, right? Yeah, this what is up hard. With, what is up with ballet? Like, it's stupid. Teach your daughter how to be a DJ. So she can get laid? No! Because, 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 because if you teach your daughter how to be a DJ or, or a yogi... DJ is, like, pushing buttons No, no, listen, days. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. No offense, Tom. I'll t- tell you what. Uh, if you teach your daughter how to be a DJ or you teach your daughter how to be, like, a yogi or something like that, means they can always have a job, number one. Number two... Uh, they can put the Coke in their rider instead of having to, like, go into the bathroom with some guy. They can just be, like, they can just demand it, like, eh, as part of my fee, <laughs> as part of my fee, you need to give me these drugs instead of, like, them being fucking skanky for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> instead of, like, DJ, you mean comedian. Let's be honest. Comedian. No, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is this, is that, like, like uh, teaching your kid to be, if you're in Canada, oh, I want my kid to be an NHL player. You know what the chances of your kid being an NHL player is like 0.0001, right? Oh, I'd like my daughter to be a famous ballerina. There's no fame. There's no like future in in ballet, right? But guess what? If your daughter grows up to be like an awesome DJ or she grows up to be a yoga instructor, she can feed herself. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I think take those resources, take those resources and put them into something. I don't know about DJ. DJ is pushing the button. It's like. Can you work this? If she's, if she's cute, she can throw glitter on her face. She knows how to press a button. She can get paid 500 bucks a night or 1000 bucks a night to show up in a club. Like, that's it. Like, and she's going to go to the club anyway. Your daughter's going to go to the club anyway. Like, you, if you have a daughter... I DJed for a long time. It's not, it's not quite that easy. What? It's, it's uh, like, are you hot? <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you have titties? He used to have hair, but he does have titties. <laughs> They're man boobs! No, no, but the one when you DJ was pushing a button. When I DJed back in the day, it was actually records. Yeah, but you know what's cool about Japan is that they they still you can still get records. Like when Tom Rhodes was here, check this out. So the the day after the show, the next morning I, I show up, and uh, he's out with the owner of Good Heavens. Shout out to Paul. Paul. And they're um they're Shimoku fucking is out with zero, right? They're fucking digging for records in Shimo. Like yeah. they're both like mm. you know these you know these these like these dudes who've like seen a lot, right? These guys have seen a lot. And they're like out there fucking finding these cool ass vinyl, like just like in Shimo. Shimokita. Which which is which is not like that's not my thing. Like I'm not like a record guy. Mm. But like they were they were having like a great like a great morning. And like a guy like Tom's seen the entire world, you know, he's like yeah. one of the most traveled comedians in the world. ever. And like the fact that like you could still just walk down the street in Tokyo and find like a record store that is the equal of any record store in the world was like really impressive to me, you know? Um, That's awesome. Uh, Dom Rhodes is fucking awesome. His podcast is great too. T- Tokyo is actually kind of known for that for the big big time vinyl scene though, because like there's a lot of DJs that request to get booked, like bookings in Shibuya specifically, and Shimokita is which is kind of suburb of that. 
Because they've just got awesome old fucking vinyl record stores. Because I've, I've helped out with some of these DJs that are touring. And it's just like, just take them to some of the fucking record stores. Just sit there going through all the stuff. Taking pictures of their buddies' records that just happen to be there. Some rare limited. It is. It is really interesting. One of those shops is right yeah. over here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a shop over here. It's like this vintage record shop that has like all like Beatles records, fucking Wally Pleasant records and shit. Like all these like records from like the 70s and shit. All right, I think it's time to switch this fucking battery, take a break, and then fucking go on to the news. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's I think do it's it. Good, man. All right, let's do it. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously, got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got bit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got bit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five minute walk from the station. It's your liquors. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com. That's www.gamuso.com. That's right. Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. And we're back. Here we go, faders. What we're going to do is we're going to read three amazing stories or amazingly bizarre stories happening this week in the news. Japan never disappoints. It doesn't. Does it? Does it? I don't, I don't think know. so, man. <laughs> you, you, have we ever done a show where it's just like, oh, man, we don't have enough good fucking crazy stories? Never. Never. There's never been a week where it's like, well, we've got nothing. Let's talk about the weather. No, there's always something to talk about, <coughs> especially in the news. All right. This is just bizarre shit here, as you'll see. As you see. Well, actually, this stuff is horrific. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, on uh, the 31st, what did you do? On the 31st, I fucking just hung out with my wife's family, and we got fucking superiorly shit-faced. We got annihilated, and we watched TV, and we ate delicious food. What did you do? Quickly. Uh, we went One to, minute. We went to... Uh, Finish. John. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> all right, what'd you do? We, we you went do? to Vision. We saw Derek May play. Oh, you saw Derek May? Yeah, he was playing on New Year's Eve. A Detroit techno artist. The, uh, yeah. Before, before hopes up, uh, my wife's a huge fan, and my friend Sebastian was also a DJ in that night, or is also a big fan, but I, I got to say he wasn't very Derek May. He was playing very soft. 
Right now, he a lot of like techno shit like is ambient. Yeah, yeah. It was or even like, like old school techno. Like, no, it was not what we were expecting. So we saw him play a year ago, and he was fuck. He was beating it up right dirty. But like, Derek May, Juan Atkins, Claude Young, yeah, Jeff yeah, Mills, yeah. those guys are fucking insane. Yeah. Although Jeff Mills yeah. is from Canada. Then we did. Well, then we did the obligatory thing. We always have this tradition where we go to Ensoft. Get laid. No, no. Well, that's oh, Ensoft is fucking great, dude. I love that club. Yeah, but like. My my wife's like really good friends with the owner Kaz. Yeah, uh, yeah, the guy with the long hair. Yeah, yeah, uh, he doesn't have long hair. He always wears the sparkly disco hats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's got kind of well, it's not long, but it's like wavy long hair. Yeah, and, and anyway, he's a good dude. We've done that for the last couple of years for New Year's. We just always just wind up there after the countdown because we fucking do. But you got you got a kid on the way. It's done. Like this that was this is your last I, year. I, my, my, this is your last year. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I know. <laughs> I told my wife because I was like, "Yo, you're gonna get that baby put in." you next year so you better go out and get fucked up and I kept telling her she'd get, get, get fucked up and she was she was in bad shape I had to fucking I was a bit drunk myself but I had to fucking babysit for her because she was all like she's half your size you can just like put her in your pocket and just Wait, talk home y- you're your wife is half your size. Is she huge? Yeah. <laughs> She's pretty big. Well, he's a big guy. So yeah, I guess half is like pretty big. I was like you know, a third would be a, okay. She was, she, was, she was a mess, dude. But I, I told her, man, I was like, hey, you're not going to be able to drink for a while, so y'all might want to get on that, getting the, getting the fucked up, you know? Uh, my my, my, my mother-in-law's in town. We went away for a couple days. We went to the mountains. We went to Takayama, uh, and then we made it. We basically spent the whole day getting back to Tokyo, mm-hmm. and uh, the night of New Year's, I put my daughter to bed. So I read her a story, and then I passed out. So I was done before New Year's even happened, yeah. like before before midnight. That's yeah. okay. You're a good dad. You're, you're like you're quite the opposite of most of my friends that have kids. <laughs> most of my friends that have kids are like, well, my kids are kind of asleep. I'm gonna fucking party, and they fucking go out to fucking. Well, here's here's what I'll say about that. Fucking me. Here's what I, here's, I don't know about this guy. Here's what I'll say about that. Uh, huh. You owe your kids the... Um, you owe it to them to do shit that's going to make you happy because then they can see someone who's living their life to the full. Exactly. So if you subordinate your entire existence to like raising your kids... You're raising pussies. You're raising shithead kids because all they see is someone who's all about them. And what they need to see is they need to see someone who's doing their shit. Right. And that is some that is like the advice I would give so any dad. Basically, if you're a dad with a kid, if go you, out, get fucked up, do your shit, and then come home and like make breakfast. Yes. Like Joe Pesci parent. in the movie Casino. So we have a mutual friend, I'm not gonna name him here, but he's the kind of guy who'll go all night and then get up at like seven in the morning. Oh, and Teddy? Take his kid that out. guy's an asshole. And I have to say, I have to say that, that is actually something your kids need to see. Your kids need to see someone who is living their life to the full. And that is important. So uh, make time for yourself, and that's actually good for your kids. Mm. That is an opinion. That is not that is not necessarily like backed up by any kind of scientific fact. So that's going to change. Believe that for sure. the older you, you're not going to write a self help book on it. In other no. words, well, I'm really happy that you guys were not in Harajuku because in Harajuku on this fucking thirty first, fucking stop down too. You were close, yeah, but in, no I was cigar, in Shibuya, man. Yeah, well, fucking. Eight injured as man rams car into pedestrians in Harajuku's uh, retaliation for retaliation retaliation for execution. Thank you, Tom. I know where my contacts. Uh, eight people were injured after a man rammed his car into pedestrians on a shopping street in central Tokyo in the early hours of. Tuesday, police said. Police arrested Kazuhiro Kusukabe, 21, 21 years old, 
uh, on suspicion of attempted murder, a 19-year-old university student remains unconscious after being hit by the mini car shortly after midnight on Takeshita Street. Takeshita Street. It's a K-card. Street. It's a K-card. Yeah. Takeshita <laughs> Street. Takeshita Street. So, yeah, but, but you know Takeshita Street. That is the main street in Harajuku. That's the one that has all the fucking shopping and the boutiques and the weird, like, out there stuff, like fashion and whatnot. Yeah, that's the street yeah. in Harajuku. Yeah. yeah. So he rammed his car, into, or his little minibus or whatever, into that street in the Harajuku district, which normally is packed with young shoppers and foreign tourists during daytime. Well, at least it was nice yeah. man, after man less people. Yeah. yeah, man versus car typically does not work out for the man. Man versus machine, man lost. We've all seen RoboCop, right? <laughs> exactly. Have you, though? Like, ha- have you seen RoboCop? Because if you haven't, you need to watch RoboCop. RoboCop's pretty awesome. Well, it, is it, not, 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 the, not it, the new bullshit, not the new no, PG-13 bullshit. It isn't just a great movie. It is... I'll buy that for a dollar. Exactly. It is a... That's what I fucking It is a statement on the 90s. Yeah. Like, it, it's... It, Puts you into the mentality of what life, like what we thought the future would be like back then. And to be frank, it's getting it, close to it. It's getting close. And two oh nine. That's Woo. what good sci-fi does, though. Is like they're using the future <laughs> as an allegory or a metaphor to talk about like times now. Oh, like this guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, the police arrested Kazuhito. Uh, wait, did I already read this? Okay. The streets were closed to uh, vehicular traffic at the time, as it was expected to be crowded with pol- people, including those making New York New Year's New Year's visits to the nearby Meiji Shrine, one of the biggest Shinto shrines in Japan. This is getting harder to read by read the it? second. You can read the next one, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Um, Kusakobe told the police that he had intended to kill the pedestrians he hit, quote, in retaliation for an execution, end quote. It was not immediately clear whether he was referring to a specific execution or to the country's system of capital punishment. Investigative sources quoted Kusakobe as saying at first he had perpetrated as an act of terrorism. He drove the wrong way at a one-way street and hit eight men aged 19 to 51 while traveling around 140 meters, the police said. Actually, that's fucking very few for that street, dude. That street's usually full of fucking tons of fucking people. Surprised he got fucking more than 10 meters with that, yeah. Yeah, fucking A, dude. Fucking, this is actually fucking like, I mean, God was on their side or some shit because usually fucking there'd be like fucking 50 or 100 people that'd be fucking Fucked up at what point time. Say what time did this. Uh, late at night. Okay. <laughs> the vehicle stopped after crashing to a, into a building. Another 19-year-old man was slightly injured after Kusakabe uh, allegedly struck him after getting out of the car, the police said. The suspect fled the scene, but police found him in a nearby parking lot about half an hour later. This is very similar to that Akihabara, Akihabara attack that happened about 10 years ago. Remember that attack? Was yeah, it like 2000... Two thousand eight. It was two thousand eight, right? Two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay. There, thereabouts. Two thousand seven. Two thousand eight. Where like a fucking uh, a guy drove through the Akihabara like intersection. He ran over like fourteen people. Got out and shit. And then this whole crowd of people ran up to like help the people that were like hit. And he started and this guy, fucking stabbing. He, he pulled on with a fucking a Rambo knife and shit, like a survival knife, and started stabbing people in the guts. Pop, 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 and pop, 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 why, pop. Why, why did he do it? Because why? He couldn't he, find a girlfriend. He couldn't fucking get laid. He's like, I couldn't find a Fuck girlfriend. That was that shit happened in Toronto this year. 
here. It was an incel guy, and he fucking ran over a whole bunch of people and yeah, did the, it because the, he couldn't get laid. The Berkeley guy, too, the fucking Berkeley shooter. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is some fucked up. And this also shit. happened in fucking Women London. don't owe you their pussy. Exactly. They don't owe you their pussy. Maybe maybe, yeah, like, maybe a lady has some standards. Maybe she's not, just not going to fucking give it up for anybody. They don't like, owe, have, it, yeah, you're, exactly. not, you're not owed vagina. You're not. Okay. It's not that hard to access. Yeah, exactly. They're misunderstanding one of the basic fundamental truths. you got to stop yelling at Tom. The microphone's right here. One of the basic, most (laughs) fundamental (laughs) truths of life, the world doesn't owe you shit. It's not going to give you shit. you got to go out there and get it for yourself. You don't get to fuck other people over because... Girls don't want to fuck with you. Well, but, but this guy, this guy had a different intention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The police also found a twenty-liter uh, tanks of kerosene in the car, which Kusukabe said he planned to use to burn the vehicle, according to police. He also told police that he had driven the rental car from Osaka Prefecture. He went from Osaka all the way to Tokyo. That's like fucking like a, what what, a twelve-hour drive. He was committed um, and intended to enter Meiji Shrine, but was unable to do so. Uh, because of traffic. <laughs> Duh! <laughs> Thank you, traffic. You worked in our favor once. For once. Just for fucking once. Remember Me- that the next time you're in rush hour traffic. Yes. Meanwhile, 120,000 uh, revelers, 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 packed into Shibuya's famous scramble crossing, but activities were tightly controlled by police and riot police. Okay, and no major trouble had been reported at 5 a.m. Okay, there we go. That's it. That's the story. So, fucking, dude, this is a fucked up story. What do you guys think about this shit? What the fuck was going on? I mean, outliers, right? There's going to be fucked up people everywhere. Yeah, but, like, originally I think the news did report that he was an incel fuckhead. Now he's saying he's doing because as executions and nobody, like, what the fuck? Being 21 sucks. Being young sucks. All right, and this is something that is very important. If you are like, young, and you feel like, goddamn, life sucks, it gets better, man. Just fucking get know. through it. Or know. it gets left worse. Foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. <laughs> I don't know, man. My, my, my life when I was 21 was pretty fucking dope. Yeah, my life at 21 my, was pretty fucking My nice. life at 21 I wasn't great. Fucking uh, whatever. Big I love fucking it. fucking party on my 21st birthday. I did 21 shots. You're not day. helping! <laughs> I'm just saying, my yeah, life was yeah, fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom, life was bad. <laughs> yeah. Life was oh, bad. Yeah. Spread the look, love. Look. Or the hate. I don't know. Look. Making peop- other people hurt <laughs> because you hurt is shitty. We have Netflix. We have Pornhub. We yes. have the internet. We have alcohol. We have drugs. Reach okay, on. You have the capacity to make your life better than it is yesterday, right? And, uh, yeah, like, you don't need to hurt other people. Never hurt other people. And But th- but let's let's not lose sight of the fact that for the most part... Most people don't do shit like this. You know, this is an outlier. Yeah, it's a fucking piece of shit. Lock him up, throw away the game. Back, let's uh, execute this well, guy. I, 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 well, I, I find it funny because he's supposedly protesting executions. You know he's going to get fucking executed for this. You think he will? Oh, no, it wait. He didn't, many, actually, he didn't actually kill anybody. Everybody's though. injured. So he, he's just probably going to get... He might get like five years. But within ten, he might get maybe eight. Fucking Japan right here is like kind of like lax, but then again, going to prison in Japan really sucks, dude. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The, the Remember that interview that we did with the yeah, guy that went to prison for yeah. fucking four years? No. Fucking no. You, you should listen to that one. It's <laughs> fucking insane, dude. Solitary confinement for four years is gonna be a really 
I wasn't unfortunately due to scheduling. I wasn't able to make that interview. But like, I did talk to the guy on the phone. He talked my fucking ear off, man. Yeah. Well, what do you do when you fucking can't talk for fucking four years? Once you get on, you fucking talk like a motherfucker. Yeah. Case in point, Tom Reed. All right. There we go. Actually, no, no, wait. No, no, no. Is it Tom's no. or is it yours, Sean? Uh, I, don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait, no, wait, no, no, no jokes it? about Asian drivers in there. Uh, what I, yeah, I mean, what I'm gonna say is that that's no, probably, no, this is a good one. So. I mean, just in terms of, in, in terms of uh, like when you go to an open mic, you see people, especially see people who visit and they all do the same jokes. Like they always try to go after the same material. Sometimes they succeed. Sometimes they fail. Jim Gaffigan. Everyone does Tokyo toilets. Everyone does Japanese yep. toilets. Yep. Uh, everyone does Asian small dicks and Asian drivers. Jim Gaffigan did it better than everyone else. Uh, don't try. If you're not Jim Gaffigan, don't try. Okay. Um, don't try. Asian, Asian drivers. That's one of them that you shouldn't try. Right. Like, just don't try it. Like, unless because, you're making a joke about this guy. Let's just piss off the fucking crowd right now. Yeah, don't, just don't, just don't do, <laughs> don't do hacky fucking Asian driver jokes because they've been done before by better people who've made it funny and you're not going to be funnier than well, 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 I, I well, maybe you're that good. I don't I, well, know. I agree. It should be reading the room, but there's also a lot of other jokes that are just dumb. Like, how do you say complaining about the food in the airplane? Like, it's just, it's just dumb. Everybody, it's been done to death. Like, this Speaking of, I have a kid. If you've ever... Uh, complained about being on an airplane. Try being on an airplane with a three-year-old. Like fuck you. Some you you ding a bell. Some chick comes to you, brings you alcohol, brings you food. You get to watch whatever you want. There's no reason to complain about being on a flight. Flights are amazing. <laughs> Screw all of you. <laughs> Don't come. Oh, I didn't get business class. No, you're going to Thailand. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out of going to Thailand, fuck you. All right. Man orders female store clerk to prostrate herself over misunderstanding with his change. All right, at this point in time, a lot of our listeners are really fucking drunk. What does prostrate mean? So prostrate means to lie down uh, and uh, or, like, like bend down, fucking basically kowtow. submit yourself. Yeah, yeah kowtow. The, yeah, is this in China? Like, in, in Japan, it's kowtow. So uh, in China, um, they got rid of the bowing thing mm-hmm. officially a long time ago. One of the reasons was is that... It's uh, bad for your back. Well... <laughs> it really is. It you, really hurts after a while. Uh, the bowing thing, one person bows lower than the other, so it's in, it's it's unequal. So they actually uh, went to the handshake like 100 years ago okay. uh, because actually bowing, if you think about it, is um, an assertion of inequality. So when you see someone bowing lower than their boss, that's something that they did away with years ago in China. Well, they still do it like a motherfucker yep. here. Uh, that ain't going away anytime soon. You're top-heavy, too. You yeah. better be careful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am faded, guys. So let's, 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 let's do this. Let's, let's do this. While it would be an exaggeration to call them oh, rules, dude. Japan has lots of little manners... Uh, 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 <laughs> Lots of little manners, points that customers are expected to follow when shopping at convenience stores, which, by the way, are the best in the world. Mm. I love the convenience stores here. They're in- fucking incredible. They're fucking dope. They're uh, convenient. <laughs> they're so good. And on the flip side, there are certain operating procedures that the employees generally follow, too, in order to make sure everyone has a smooth and pleasant shopping experience. For example, cash is king in Japan. And it's not uncommon for customers to pay for even small items, like a single steamed bun with a 10,000 yen bill. I did that. I love steamed buns, by the way. I haven't had a carb in like six months, so. They're called Nikoman. (laughs) When giving change, most clerks are trained to hand customers the bills first, and then place the coins atop the bills, since that's usually the quickest way to complete the transaction and move on to the next waiting customer. But things happened a little differently at a convenience store in Nagoya's Minami Ward. On the morning of December 27th. By the way, I was in Nagoya uh, just a couple days ago, and it's boring as 
fuck? How can like a six million person city be boring? But anyway, it's good in Niigata. Same thing. When a forty-seven year old man walked into the store at around nine a.m. and made a purchase that came to just a few hundred yen, the man paid with a ten thousand yen bill. And when the thirty-one year old woman who was working the register handed him the coins for his change first, he assumed she wasn't going to give him his nine the nine thousand yen bills he had coming to him. Son of a bitch! At this point, the man had two options for rectifying the problem: calmly ask about his as-yet-unreceived 9,000 yen bills, or completely go ballistic. Lose his shit! He opted for the latter, bellowing at the female clerk, I'll kill you! (laughs) Get down on your knees and prostrate yourself in apology. Naturally, the police were promptly summoned. However, it wasn't the clerk who called them, but the angry customer himself. (laughs) I paid with a 10,000 yen bill, but she only gave me the coins in change, he told officers. Meanwhile, the police asked the clerk for her side of the story, whereupon she told him that she was just about to hand the man these bills for change when he began threatening her with death and demanding feudal area, feudal era contrition. So in the end, the man got his change, but also got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's hard to imagine things turning yeah, any, any other way. He got some free bracelets in the process. <laughs> Since telling someone you're going to kill them right before you yourself get the police involved is usually going to end badly for you. However, there may have been a method of man's madness. In Japan, it's customary for police reports to include suspects' professions, and in this case, the man was listed as unemployed, though he apparently could at least scrape together 10,000 yen, 100 bucks. It's possible the man is living in abject poverty or even homeless, and so perhaps he figured getting arrested would at least guarantee him a roof over his head and food on his plate while he's being processed, especially with severe cold sap predicted to hit Japan over the coming weekend. I have to say this, I have read articles about how people who intentionally get themselves arrested in Japan so they can eat. It's, it's happened a lot. It happens all, all over people. the world. Yeah. Yeah, it happens it's fucking... It's like, hey, it's, free, it's three meals a day and it's a roof over my head. But do they rape, though, here? No. Is there anal rape in Japan? No. I don't Japan think so. Prisons? No, because no, they're extremely fucking supervised. Yeah. They're, they're not allowed place. to fucking talk for most of the day. All right, Tom, next story. All right, here we go. Last one. 72-year-old man arrested over murder of roommate. What do you think kicked this off? Nintendo. Nintendo. Mario Kart. Police in Machida, Tokyo, said Tokyo that arrested a 72-year-old man on suspicion of killing a man in his 60s in the apartment which they shared. Obviously, they weren't exactly swinging bachelors. According to police, man. <laughs> Who knows? I, I, I intended to fuck when I was in my 60s or 70s. I, hey, man, they got the fucking bag or those nice little blue pills. Uh, according to police, no, Noji Nikita has admitted to stabbing the victim in the neck after they had a violent quarrel around 9.40 p.m. on Sunday, Fuji TV reported. Police were alerted by another resident who called 110, a.k.a. 911, to report the stabbing. Police rushed to the apartment and found the victim, who has not yet been identified, bleeding profusely from the neck. He was taken to the hospital, where he's pronounced dead on arrival. DOA. DOA. Damn, stabbed in the neck, dude. That's fucking some hardcore shit. Yeah. Dude wasn't fucking around. Must have been a pretty heated argument. Let's see where this goes. Oh, dude, are you sure? It probably was about Nintendo, dude. Fucking, fucking Mario Kart, Nintendo. these guys. Dude, if they're fucking like, like in their 80s or 70s no, no, or something like in their 70s. They're probably arguing who, who was the, who's the best Enka singer. Uh, Enka is like, the, they're like, I don't know, fucking Frank Sinatra bullshit where it's like all vocal. Old, old people are really into it. All right, read on. I gotta yeah. know. I gotta know what's going on. All right. 
Nito was found with blood in his clothes at a nearby Naruse station on the Yamanote, uh, Yokohama line. He was initially charged with attempted murder, which police upgraded to murder on later on Sunday night. <laughs> Wait, you're arrested for attempted murder, but hold on. Now it's murder. Would you like to supersize that, sir? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I guess he did. I guess he did. He fucking supersized up in a big way. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, police said the apartment is managed by an NPO for recipients living on welfare. Besides Nita and the victim, two other men lived in the apartment. Four of these fuckers stay in the apartment? The apartment operator said drinking alcohol in the apartment is prohibited. Oh, that's where they fucked up. Police said Nita, who had been drinking beer and other alcohol, told them he got mad after being berated for drinking by the victim. (laughs) You're drunk. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Oh, I'm dead. I'm not drunk. I'm not not drunk. (laughs) I'm not drunk. It doesn't seem like... This is got paid in Japan, but it doesn't seem like all these fucking stories just always go back to fucking booze. Dude fucking gropes a chick on the train. It's always, oh, I was drunk, man. They need more meth here. (laughs) Dude, if they had meth, we'd have so many... Any more stories to choose from? This show would be fucking like a day long. It's not fucking like two hours. Do you know the history of meth? They're the ones that didn't. No, I don't. They, I'm not they, from the Midwest. No, yeah, no, you no. guys. No, no, no. It's World War Two. They no, invented the, Jap- the, the Japanese are the ones who invented meth. What? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it was for their. For, it was for their fighter pilots originally, so they could stay alert when, when they were in their dog fights. But once they figured out how to cheaply mass produce it, they started giving it to all the soldiers. Hold on, so they're like, they're yeah, like, march through that field, march for three days straight, and they're like, yep, World War Two is the battle. We'll lose that, but we'll win the war eventually because <laughs> we will take over your country with meth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. What's up, faders? Do you like our show? Of course you fucking do. That's why you're tuned in. But have you ever asked yourself if you could get more out of your got-faded experience? Well, now here's your chance, because we are proud to announce our very own Patreon page. But don't freak out. Our podcast was and always will be free, but with your generous donations, we hope to improve it. And since we're all about fan appreciation, we've got the sweet, sweet rewards for our donors. Rewards include, but not limited to, shout-outs, bonus content for interviews and news stories, chances to appear on our show, and even gift packages sent direct to your door. For more information, check out our Patreon page. At Faders, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we'll definitely see you next week on uh, episode number, what, 435. I can't believe... That we're on four thirty four. That is four thirty four. That is unbelievable. That That's is four hundred thirty four weeks, man. That is that is a massive accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. You just talk to my liver. You just talk to my doctor. My doctor's like, you got to stop, stop the show. This is chaos. I'm like, no, I got to keep on going because we have Patreon now. And thank you very much for everybody that supported us on Patreon. You paid for all the booze tonight, except for the booze that Tom bought. Cheers, Tom. For 86 yen a bottle. Oh, shit. All right. I'll give you $2. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. what it fucking cost me. God I'm gonna, damn. Actually, on my way back, I'm going to go see if they have more of this fucking shit. You should. Because they keep, they keep putting it out, and I just keep... I walk in there and go, oh, that's nice. I just fucking immediately clean them out. You and should. Then, and then, like, the, the checkout guy or girl always says to me, it was like, so you've got 25 bottles. Is that correct? I'm like, I don't know. I just grabbed them all. <laughs> That's all we had. That's all we had. 25 bucks plus tip. All right, Vaders, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye bye. My little brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Will you wait till mom finds out, buddy? I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck.
As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.